Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast. Great to have you with us. We're taking you on the road tonight down to Austin, Texas. And uh, boy, it's the music capital of the world. And in these few days, it is the treatment capital of the world. We're coming to you from the 39th Annual Addiction Leadership Conference in Austin, Texas. Our program is made possible by the good folks at Sundown M Ranch. They are just outside of Yakima, Washington, successfully treating adults and adolescents and families, too, for nearly 50 years where recovery becomes reality. It's great to come down here and meet all sorts of new people from all over the country. And <laughs> I just met a guy that uh, is from Seattle and a guy that we, we've corresponded uh, by email a number of times, but we have never met in person. And I'm delighted to welcome Michael King. He's the Director of Outreach and Engagement with Facing Addiction. Michael, welcome to the program, and it's nice to finally meet you. Likewise, Neil. Holy nice to meet you as well. Smokes. You live in Seattle. How long you live there? I've been in Seattle for, God, about 11 and a half years 11 now. and a half. Yeah. And, and you are a person in long-term recovery. I am a person in long-term recovery, which for me means I haven't had a drink, a drug, or place to bet since February 16th of 2013. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. One day at a time. One day at a time. I, That's I've, right. I've, you're the first person I've, I've interviewed who said, and bet. So obviously there was a gambling addiction as well. Yes, there absolutely was. No, compulsive gambling, uh, much like drinking, uh, absolutely took over and dominated my life. And the two were, the two were, uh, they became a, a close and well-knit couple, unfortunately, oh, sure, hand sure. in hand. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, my compulsive gambling addiction actually, to some extent, led me down a path that eventually uh, led me to be a, a very brief uh, tenant of the Washington State Department of Corrections uh, in some of the behavior that so I was you, engaging in an active addiction. So you went to the Gray Bar Treatment Center. Yes. Well, well, I was I was fortunate to be a uh, a, a client of a non-Gray Bar Treatment Center first, yeah. which uh, was a just an incredible experience for me in, in really starting to lay the groundwork for early recovery. You went to Lakeside Milam. I did. I'm a very a very program. proud very oh, proud man. alum of Lakeside Milam. Be. Yes. It's a great program. It is, and I and I'm a huge proponent. And and you know, being down here, you know, you really one of the great things about being in a, a conference like this is you get to meet folks that are these people help people every yeah. single day. Heart and first. Absolutely, and and you know, it's um you know one of those things. I've had this conversation with several folks down here, and and facing addiction has a lot of partners uh, in the treatment world, and you know it's um much like we talk about often how the stigma that can shroud addiction clouds people's view of recovery. It's always unfortunate that, you know, you, you don't read stories in the media about successful treatment programs like Sundown, like Lakeside right. Milam, like Karen, like uh, Hazel and Betty Ford and all these other centers. You read the about the 10% who are bad apples in the Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. And, and I was just talking to Marv Ventrell about this a little while ago. And it's analogous to famous people in recovery. Mm -hmm. if, if a famous actor or singer or athlete has a relapse, it's front page news. They go 10, 20 years without taking a drink or a drug, you don't hear from them because 
recovery, unfortunately, does not make front page news. Uh, that recovery doesn't sell newspapers. That's absolutely That's true. Right. And I think it, it leads to the general uh, consensus that we too often hear from folks who uh, may not realize that they have a direct connection to this issue, but uh, we have to remind people every day that recovery is possible. And there's no, when it comes to the area of advocacy, which is really facing addictions, absolutely. Forte, there is no more persuasive tool than our own stories. I actually, when I first started doing work with Facing Addiction, it was to build our big launch event. Facing Addiction Law, Law launched in October of 2015 with the Unite to Face Addiction benefit concert in D.C. I was there. It was a special day. Uh, and when I was starting to organize, and I'd worked in politics for years, and yeah. I'd been a community organizer, and I uh, I would start kind of talking about the statistics and why this sure. was so important, and I would hear a little bit of radio silence, and then I would stop, and I realized when I said, let me tell you a little bit about my own story and why I'm here and why I'm talking to you and how I got to this place, people immediately would get roped in. And I say that because the more of us who have found and been able to sustain long-term recovery who are willing to stand up and share that story, thats right. not the horrors of addiction. We all right. read that on right. the front page of the paper. And uh, some of us attend certain meetings where that gets talked about pretty frequently. Absolutely. But to share what recovery means and the possibilities that come along with it we forget that that's not something that the general public reads about. If you're just joining us, Michael King, a Director of Outreach and Engagement for Facing Addiction, is joining us. When I first came into this field in 1976, I did a telethon, a telethon with Dick Van Dyke uh -huh. on alcoholism. And people said, you can't have a telethon for alcoholism. What, are you going to have a poster drunk? <laughs> and I said, no, you're missing the point. The bright side of alcoholism is recovery. And that slogan I adopted throughout my entire 40-plus years in this field. The bright side of addiction is recovery. Absolutely. And it's something people don't think about. That when you mention addiction, they think of the sick and suffering. They think of the person down in Pioneer Square. They think of, you know, Aunt Jane, Uncle Bob, Dad, Mom, Brother, Sister, whatever. But the bright side really is recovery because it's a new and wonderful life that cannot be described, can only be experienced. Well, that's absolutely right. And I think it, it plays into one of the most critical elements of talking about this, which is the language we use. Yes. Uh, the language we <laughs> use is so critical. You And I, I appreciated uh, when you introduced me that you introduced me as a person in long-term yeah, recovery. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, a lot of they've done, uh, there's some wonderful uh, groups that have done lots of work on this for years, and they found that when, you know, someone who, you know, maybe isn't, uh, isn't in recovery themselves, when they hear alcoholic, when they hear addict, yeah. Absolutely. They think of somebody still in active addiction. Right. It's amazing. And, you know, for those of us who have found recovery, and there's many different pathways to find recovery, mine happens to be membership in a 12-step fellowship. Right. Uh, you know, as my good friend Tom Coderre likes to say, oh, I we, love Tom. Tom's a wonderful guy. Yeah. And, you know, he said, we tend to have our own lingo. Yeah. You know, I, people don't usually recommend to their friends that maybe they should take some inventory or stay on their own side of the street. <laughs> we have our own lingo with this stuff. And we have to remember that, you know, we're not the audience here. If we want to yeah. see better public policy on this issue, if we want to see the government spend its money in, in a smarter, more effective way, it's the general public we yeah. have to be talking yeah. to. And if we're going to be talking to the general public, we have to use the most persuasive moving and language that brings about the highest level of connectivity that we can have. I worked many years ago with uh, former Senator Harold Hughes, yep. uh, and who did the Hughes Act and was governor of Iowa. A hero on this issue. And, and, and he said, you know, our language defines us. Absolutely. I never used the term substance abuse yep. for two reasons. Number one, I don't know any 
active addict who says, I think I'm going to go out and use some substances this weekend. No, I'm going to go out and get loaded. I'm going to get high. I'm going to... And, and, and the, the word abuse, alcohol abuse. If I want to abuse alcohol, I'll take a bottle of Jim Beam and throw it against the wall. <laughs> sure. That's alcohol abuse. Sure. Well, and there's a lot of other terms, you know, a couple that have, uh, two, two in particular that are frequently used in 12-step mm-hmm. circles. And, you know, I want to emphasize, too, when, you know, those of us who attend meetings, and that's part of our recovery journey, when we're amongst ourselves, I think it's one thing. But when we're talking to other folks, to use the word normie is a very, right. use that I, I've always right, 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 taken right. a lot of offense. Well, I'm, I'm not normal yeah, yeah. because I have a chronic progressive and potentially fatal illness. Right. Or the other one is clean. Yeah. I got clean. Well, does yeah. that imply that I was the dirty derby? before? Uh, you know, these are, we, I think it is just and we absolutely can, critical. Michael, we can change the language. When I came into this field a long, long time ago, it was very common to refer to people in recovery as reformed alcoholics. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Reformed alcoholics. People who were in recovery rose up and said, we refuse to be called reformed. You know, we, we, we are not criminals. We are not reforming our We're people in long-term recovery. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so we've come a long way in, in really a very short period of time. Absolutely. But we have so much farther to go. Michael King, Director of Outreach and Engagement, Facing Addiction. You can find out about that, uh, of course, by going to facingaddiction.org. I had the, uh, um, uh, the good fortune to talk to Greg Williams down in Texas uh, at the big Texas Rally for Recovery. What he has done, he's become an, an instant hero in this field of really not carrying the message, but damn it, sending the message. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I will forever uh, be grateful to Greg, not merely because he signs the paycheck, but uh, I uh, just to share a tidbit of my own experience, I had, uh, you know, done some some pretty bad things in active addiction and had kind of become unemployable in the field that I had worked in previously, which was the political arena. And I, I was uh, bussing tables in a restaurant trying to figure out if there was some way, uh, I was about a year and a half into recovery, trying to figure out was there some way to merge my background as a political community organizer uh, with the, a newfound passion and gratitude for recovery. Yeah. And in one of uh, those very strange coincidences of life, three people in the same day, this is a true story, uh, advised, have you ever seen this film, The Anonymous People? And I said, no, I've never even heard of it. And so I went on, it was on Netflix at the time, and I went on and I watched it, and I thought, my God, this is exactly yeah. what I want to do. And I reached out to Greg, and it was through Greg's uh, generosity and friendship that he uh, he offered me this position to, to initially build Facing Addiction's launch event, which, as I mentioned, was the Unite to Face Addiction rally, which took place on October 4th, I can, 2015. I remember it so well. I was there in the press corps, and the, the only thing I could compare it to was uh, an, an event that I had been involved with with back in 1976 called Operation Understanding. Absolutely. Where the 50 people had come out and talked openly. And back in the mid-70s, it was really a stigma. Absolutely. And what those folks did, I mean, it set the groundwork for all the wonderful work that's happening today. And obviously, you know, through the history, and and if you haven't seen The Anonymous People, the the film does a wonderful job sort of outlining the history of this because then obviously a war on drugs began. And unfortunately, it set a lot of the work that... that, groundwork that Operation Understanding had started, went backwards, and then in the mid-90s, and it started largely with the work of Senator Hughes uh, towards the end of his life, and then uh, through the emergence of these recovery community organizations across the country, and you know, the primary mission of Facing Addiction is really to unify the voices of 45 million people in this country who are directly impacted. That includes people in recovery, that includes family members, and you know, 
and to let them know it has nothing to do with a 12-step program. Absolutely. This is about unifying folks to find a common solution to what amounts to arguably the biggest public health crisis that we are facing Absolutely. as a country. 90% of those who become addicted start in adolescence. We are losing more people annually from drug and alcohol-related deaths than from car crashes. It's the yep. leading cause of preventable death, and it is preventable death today. Absolutely. Michael King joining us tonight from Facing Addiction. He is the Director of Outreach and Engagement. What do you do in the engagement? Define engagement. I've, I've had a few engagements that turned into marriages that turned into divorces. But tell me about your engagement. So, you know, what I get, I, I, I like to tell folks that I have, there's a lot of people who have the amazing opportunity to work in this space, and I have the greatest job of any of them, because Facing Addiction has built a coalition of supportive organizations, which we call the Action Network, and those groups stand in support of a comprehensive action agenda, which came together after that Unite to Face Addiction event, that attacks this issue from every angle. So there's a anti-stigma component to it. There's a prevention component to it, a criminal justice reform a healthcare component, and promoting of multiple pathways of recovery. What I get to do is to work with organizations who support that agenda from across the addiction recovery treatment prevention spectrum to, to get this agenda done, to execute this agenda. So I engage with those organizations. A uh, couple, We have a, a number of action steps that we are taking every day to uh, address these key agenda items that we have. Uh, and I manage uh, different groups uh, of experts from the field. You know, Facing Addiction doesn't have pride of ownership over every good idea. There's a ton of good ideas in, the, in this space. I think historically one of the challenges we've had as a social justice movement, if you will, has been a, a lack of cohesive. And yes. Facing Addiction is there to try to provide that cohesiveness. So uh, just uh, this uh, week, I get to do a, a monthly conversation that we have with all these partners. So on the phone, we'll have a prevention professional next to a person in long-term recovery, next to a, a, a family member who's suffered the ultimate loss, next to a treatment provider, next to a, a law enforcement professional who engages in criminal justice reform activities. And that's what Facing Addiction is all about, unifying all of these different perspectives on this issue to actually try to solve the problem. And you've got two great tools, obviously the anonymous people being one, and then the latest film. Tell us about Greg's latest endeavor. Sure. Greg made a film. Uh, his most recent film is called Generation Found. It is just an incredibly powerful story about yeah. uh, the a youth recovery revolution, really, in uh, in Houston. You know, Houston, as one of the uh, amazing advocates who is a, a, a prime uh, character, if you will, in the story, says of it, you know, they got tired of looking and watching their young people yeah. die. And so they started, um, first off, the emergence of alternative peer groups in Houston, which are now have taken a, a big step nationally. But, you know, it was a way to bring young people into the recovery world in an environment where uh, they felt a little more connected, I think, yeah. than they had in other groups. And in addition to that, building recovery high school, recovery settings in the edu in the institution of education um collegiate recovery collegiate recovery programs like, like like wildfire across the country like wildfire and, and you know it's I, I always have told folks uh, that it, it was a very personal story for me i my first venture into recovery actually started at 15 years old and i i stayed in recovery for five and a half years somewhat unhappily and, and i think that white knuckling it uh, you know i think for the last couple years absolutely and i think a lot of that you know there were no recovery high school yeah. programs yeah. There were when I went to school, I was the sober guy at the party. You know, oh. there wasn't a collegiate recovery program. Just to see, and I have the opportunity to to work. We have many collegiate recovery programs as part of Facing Addictions mm -hmm. Coalition, the Action Network, the Association of Recovery High Schools as part of that oh. coalition. So I get to 
meet and talk to these people. I recently got to go visit uh, Interagency at Queen Anne, which is a recovery high school in wow. Seattle. And I tell you, the eight, nine, ten kids I yeah. got to talk to, I got more yeah. for myself selfishly out of that yeah, afternoon. Yeah. I mean, these kids are just an inspiration. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And there's no, you know, I have family members who found recovery at 18, 19 years old and are, are celebrating 25 years of recovery. Whew. You can be young and get into recovery and stay in recovery. Absolutely. How can people access uh, those two films? So uh, right now, I don't believe either one is available on Netflix. I know that Anonymous People, I think it is currently, and, and I hope I'm not getting this wrong, I think it's either on Hulu or Amazon Prime, one of the other oh, streaming okay. fits. Uh, unfortunately, Netflix no longer has it. Generation Found, I would go to generationfoundfilm.com. Uh, for people listening around the country is you can take part in an event. You can create an event That's exactly to right. show the film, to bring people from your community. Mm -hmm. I don't care whether you live down in South Florida or up in uh, up in North Maine, you, you can bring people in and, and, and use this as a tool to activate, to stimulate, to engage a community. That's absolutely right. And I would also encourage folks to go to facingaddiction.org. If you're an organization, we would love to have you as part of our coalition and the Action Network. And if you're an individual and you're just asking, what can I do in my community to solve this problem? Go to facingaddiction.org. Underneath the, the Action Network bar, you'll see a, a page called Take Action. And there's any number of different grassroots-driven opportunities for you to do simple things in your community to start you know, being the change that you'd like to see, fighting to enact the change that you want to see. One program, just if I may, that I'm very sure. excited about that Facing Addiction is running right now is uh, a pilot community project program. We are working in 15 different communities across the country, which got selected through a, a somewhat rigorous application process. We had 54 communities apply. I wish I could have done every single one. We had to pick 15. Mm. And in these 15 communities, we are working with these amazing grassroots advocates on the ground to see how much change from a, both in terms of public perception as well as public policy can we see over the course of a year in a community if we run a grassroots driven almost like a, a miniature political campaign right, in right. these communities around this issue facing addiction wants to see how effective this can be and a year from now we'd like to take what we learn and roll out a national program where anybody across the country no matter where you might be can download a template if you will and work with us to run a, the exact same program in your wow, community wow Michael King joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. We are down here in Austin. I met him in Austin. He lives in Seattle. Go figure. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just the way that it works. It's one of those God incidences of, of bringing us together down here. I want to, again, invite people to go to the website, facingaddiction.org. And I want to ask you, Michael, what you say to people, people who say, there's no way I could do that because I'm in AA. I, I don't want to violate my anonymity. Sure, sure. You know, I, I have a little personal experience with this, too. Uh, my uh, my bottom, as we would say, uh, was chronicled on the front page of the Seattle Times. So I never really got the pleasure of anonymity anyway. <laughs> so I, I thought, well, I might as well do something with this. Patrick Kennedy said something similar. Yes, How he can sure I be did. Anonymous? Yes, and, and yes, we've, we've laughed about yeah, that yeah. before. But I'd say one thing. Bill Wilson testified to Congress. <laughs> uh, Marty Mann started the National Council on Alcoholism, right? Yeah. This is just my view. And, and you know, I want to say that I respect those who would not want to talk about this. I, I do. I think that being open about our recovery, I think it's a very personal decision. Personally, I did it because uh, part of my own recovery journey means uh, 
trying to make myself of use to others and learning how my experience can benefit others. I believe that we do have an amazing opportunity to do just that. And it doesn't just involve helping the individual getting into recovery, but we can change laws. We can change procedures. We can change the, the bigger public perception, the more open that we are. Because folks don't, you know, some, I've told folks this before, and I don't know this woman, but I'm going to meet her someday. Somewhere uh, in Washington State, in our state, there's a teacher, and she is loved by her students, respected by the parents. She's been recognized by the PTA. She's been rewarded uh, by the school district. And she's in recovery from an addiction to opiates. I haven't met this woman, but she's out there. And her story is the story that Mm. keeps us all going here. But because of the stigma that surrounds this issue, she can't come out and talk about it. Or at least she feels like she can't. And to me, as as the parent of young kids, there is no more story that I want my kids to hear than that one. Absolutely. This person that they look up to, that they respect, has been through, uh, you know, a, a, a low point in life and come out of it and been, you know, is able to be in remission from this illness that uh, that we have. I want to meet that woman. I know she's out there, and I've met other people with similar stories though every day. So, in terms of anonymity, I say that you know it's a personal choice. Nothing in in the traditions of twelve step fellowship says you can't tell people you're in recovery. Now, I will say I personally will not uh, tell folks necessarily what fellowship that I'm I belong to right. or that I'm participating because that's where anonymity belongs Absolutely. within that fellowship. Absolutely. Moreover, I would never tell somebody that you were in recovery. Right. Of course. And to me, the anonymity is more about that. Of course. Bright side of addiction is recovery. You're That's doing great exactly. work, Michael, and I'm I'm so pleased that I met you. I, I'm Likewise. sorry I had to come all the way down to Austin to do it, but it <laughs> takes what it takes. We'll we'll do better next time. Absolutely, uh, Michael King joining us. The, the the website again is facingaddiction.org, and you find all sorts of material there, and you get a chance to see those two films do that as well. We're going to take a short break. I'm Neil Scott. The program is Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Short time out. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> 